Hi, everybody. Welcome to No Story is Sacred. If you've never listened before, basically, we're four siblings who grew up talking about the art of storytelling. Now that we're adults, we're still talking about it, and we're inviting you to join the conversation. I'm Brendan, and I'm ready to spin the wheel. I'm Pippin, and bullshitting my way through stories is how I get through life. I'm Alex, and wherever the this uh, train takes me, I'm I'm ready to ride. You're gonna get on that train and ride it. Is it the Choo-choo. midnight train to anywhere? Is it yeah. a crazy train never coming back? These sure. metal wounds never stop healing. Uh, it's a runaway train. Ain't never runaway coming tra- back. Runaway train is never coming back. Where's the crazy train then? The point is, I'm with you till the end of the line. (laughs) (laughs) And we weren't going to be doing a Marvel What If episode this time around. Regrets. You guys said no. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What are we doing, Brendan? (laughs) Well, today, um, because of last minute changes here, we're going to be doing a return to... Our favorite game, The Wheel of Tropes. The Wheel of Wait, 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 copyright. Copyright. So you just do a bit, just do a long pause and then say, of tropes. So, okay, everybody. Wheel. Wheel. (laughs) Of Of tropes. (laughs) Y'all, I don't think we're good enough for this. I feel like mine was transformative. (laughs) Mm, Way to go, Pippin. I hope you're proud of yourself. I am. And I I think our listeners are used to our shenanigans by now. Oh, yeah. Uh, And for those of you who aren't familiar with uh, this particular game, uh, we'll be selecting tropes at random to to, uh, construct a story uh, live for you tonight. Uh, And if you want specific content warnings, check out the show notes on NoStoryIsSacred.com because, you know what? We don't know where we're going to be going with this. It's... In the random roll of the die, as it were. Though, do do expect, like, some potty mouth. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Strong language is a constant in the warnings. When, when is that not? Um, so... Us. So long as either Cat or I are here, <laughs> there will be strong language. It's inevitable. Motherfuckers. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no regrets. <sighs> so, All right. Uh, each of us are going to be uh, selecting a random page on a trope generator of our choice. I think Pip and I are both pretty basic, so we uh, use TV tropes because why put effort into it? It's got a random button right there. <laughs> right there. It's useful. Come on. And uh, I've and I've got uh, the copy of Rough Guy, uh, to fan- Tough Guy to Fantasyland. Uh, and uh, I have a, a page, page to rant. And a ra- roll a die to a random page. Yep. You have the tough guy, the rough guy. Ooh, no, I'm doing it. Right, right. Hmm. You have the guide to fantasy land, and you're not afraid to use it. I think we'll have to get him a like a rough guide to sci-fi land at some point, if that exists. I don't know if it exists. Uh, uh I wonder if there's a tough guy to anime land, and. Oh you god, is. that's going to be a weird episode. Save that for uh, the next time Cat's on. Um, <laughs> and we do wheel trips. It. It'd be great. So, uh, due to the random nature of this uh, particular game, 
uh, we're going to be using these tropes in uh, a few different slots to define the story. So the slots are uh, our setting slash world, the protagonist, allies of the protagonist, antagonist or antagonists, uh, the call to action or the inciting incident, uh, complications that happen along the way, otherwise known as the rising action, uh, what the climax of the story is going to be, and then the resolution. And so we're going to be doing random tropes for each of these. Who wants to go first? Me. Ooh. How dare you? You asked. Uh, yeah, I did. I did. Uh, so I'm going to hit random trope. She's doing it. Uh, and I've gotten wooden katanas are even better. Oh, man. What, what, is, that, what is that in reference to? I, I, uh, I can, I think I get it. Uh, I've watched anime. Hey, but, uh. Oh, yeah. It is indeed. It looks to be an anime thing. Uh, though it has examples all over the place, including professional wrestling. Um, but basically it looks like the, uh, moments when, uh, there is a sword battle, Mm -hmm. uh, someone has an actual weapon uh, and someone else has wood. Oh yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry. I mean, I remember what like outlaw star had like the assassin that used a wooden sword. Yep. Did she? Oh Yeah. yeah. Uh, no. Man, Outlaw Star's a great show. We should do that sometime. Hell right. yeah. What are uh, we doing in... Guys, guys, let's stop the episode. We're going to be doing Outlaw Star instead. Woo-hoo. Based entirely on our memory of it. Uh, 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 space anyway. Cherry. I think I got it. <laughs> there you go. Good job. Uh, yeah. Anyway. So. And then uh, the wooden weapon wins. Of course. I mean, come yeah. on. It's it's badass to go into a lethal fight with a bit of wood and yeah. having the confidence therein. Uh, so I feel like this could go into a few different slots. Sure, I, I just want to point out that uh, it's a subtrope of uh, Rock Beats Laser, and I love that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, like, because mm. it, it depends on, on which way you want to go with this, Pip. Because, like... You could have in the protagonist slot, for instance, uh, you have like maybe a protagonist that's taken a vow not to kill. And so that's why they do the wooden sword as an example. Uh, or, could, oh, or it's the antagonist. That's exactly Ooh. what I was going to be like. Or you could twist it up. The antagonist has, uh, the weapon that, uh, should not be able to uh, kill. But they're just that good with it. it wow, Pip, way to uh, use uh, <laughs> way to use big letters there. I fixed it. Did you though? So, uh, so, so, so maybe uh, elaborate on on where where you're thinking with this, Pip. Yeah. So the antagonist one katanas are even better. Uh, one aesthetically cooler. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, and we gotta have a cool antagonist, otherwise, what's the point? Because uh, yes, I did just rewatch the Labyrinth for the second time this week, 
and therefore I have very strong opinions ha. about how pretty your villain should be. <laughs> <laughs> if he isn't wearing tight pants and glitter, what's the point? Um, but not everybody is David Bowie, Pip. God, it's so true and so unfortunate. But anyway, uh, so he's there for the aesthetic. Uh, but also uh, a story in which there are worse things than dying. Yeah, just being utterly humiliated by a person, by the person using the wooden sword. Like, they're not even trying. They're not even trying, but also killing is wrong. And he is doing right. Ah. You know, there are other forms of villainy. Don't ask me what they are yet. We haven't filled out the rest of the stuff. But yeah, that's my thing. Cool. Alright, so, so we have a weirdly pacifistic villain, but not too pacifistic to not beat some ass. How uh, many people has Lex Luthor murdered himself? Plenty. I mean Yeah, he, I mean I mean he 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 did try to nuke away the <laughs> The California coastline. And he stole 40 cakes. <laughs> and that's, and that's just, terrible. Uh, uh, that's as many as four tens. Yep. <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I forget that meme exists sometimes, and then I remember, and I get so happy. <laughs> it always brings a smile. Uh, speaking of bring a smile, I hit a random trope. Ooh. And I got Crapsack World. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder where that will go. Yeah, not so many places to put it. Um, uh, Crapsack World is a horrible setting uh, where anything that can go wrong will go horribly, horribly wrong, according to TV tropes here. So, yeah, uh, we're talking like post-apocalyptic world. We're talking grim, I guess. We're talking Mad Max. We are talking... Uh, the real world in the Matrix. We are talking Repo, the genetic opera. <laughs> We're talking Fallout. Um, so, I I I feel like I kind of just got slotted automatically into setting here, just because I feel either setting or resolution, depending on the vibe of our story. I I want to go with setting as the starting point here because if I can steer something towards hope punk, I will. Fair enough. It is your right to choose your stop. And that's what I'll do. All right. As for me, roll the the dice. Roll the dice. And I got 23. Okay. A couple of options here. And and so I'm using a book. Thank you. I have a couple to choose from. How many? Uh, a few. Not going to actually specifically say how many, because I want you to, uh, live in a... Suspense? Yeah. I'm... Also so that we can't try and force you to pick a number. <laughs> yeah, that Listen. Too. Listen, I don't think he should be able to pick. Otherwise, it's not truly random. I'm electing my randomness. And you can't stop ah. me. Because are you going to... Uh, make me uh, not choose dragons. Pep? Fair I enough. I mean, when you're right, you're right, and I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> and you know where, where I want to put the dragons? I want our protagonist to be a dragon. 
That's fair. You know the great thing about dragons? Yeah. They could have fit in any single slot. Oh, yeah. They are... Versatile. <laughs> in more ways than one. Well, hi. Uh, yeah, somewhere out there, there's a chart of, uh, in D&D at least, which creatures uh, will sleep which, with which creatures. You know, what's possible and, you know, willing. Uh, and dragons will go with it for anybody. Yeah. Like everybody else, a bit more discerning. Dragons do not care. But you you haven't watched Rick and Morty. No, I have not. Uh, yeah, there's a there, there's an episode that uh kind of addresses that. Hmm. <laughs> All right. So, what about these dragon protagonists? Uh, I'm assuming that that the, they're dragons and they're <laughs> and like uh, may, may, who knows? Maybe like they can be dragons and that can and take on human and shape maybe either her dragon descendant or maybe they're just straight up hey fred how are the wings today oh you know oh how, how how's your fire breath friend oh, a, bit, a little bit a little weak oh, oh yeah uh, you know kind of dragons like the flintstones but dragons yeah in a crop sack world <laughs> yeah so so the flintstones yeah so this is probably from since crap sack world plus dragons equals probably that the these uh dragons are being hunted to extinction. <gasps> That's the, I was thinking something different actually. Well, we can't say anything because we That's don't true. know what the call the call to action inciting incident is. That's true. It's just true. My my hmm. mindscape, I guess because I mentioned Fallout before, is that like say you're in a world with like magic and technology and all that. What happens if the dumb humans nuke each other to death? Fire. Nuclear fire. And you know what? Dragons? They resist fire. At least I think they do. So, but like, do, they're, like, some of the survivors. But do dragons resist radiation? That is a good question. Somebody get uh, the D&D writers on the line. We need an answer for this. <laughs> well, radiation actually comes... It actually comes from the word radiant. Oh, yeah, radiant damage. It's not actually holy. <laughs> it's nukes. <laughs> I Here's something that's a great RPG idea. Though, if the protagonists are dragons, and as was suggested, uh, they're being hunted to extinction uh, by the antagonist who thinks he's doing good. Ooh. Ooh. Right, right. Like... Okay, who's going next? Pip? Yes, because Cat is sir not appearing in this episode. Or do we want to do a wild card? Uh, I think that would involve too much work. <laughs> Fair enough. We have none of Cat's sources. That is also true. So I'm going to click random trope. Oh. You have a veto option. What'd you get, Pip? I got paranoia f- feel, but I feel like this... <laughs> Trends us towards horror, and I don't like it. So I guess you could burn your veto. Yeah. Burn the veto. Oh, so now I get something I don't even know what it is. Tell us. Because we might know. Oh, bros, I think I broke it. Uh, Netto Rare? Netto Rare? Oh, no, that is, uh, uh, that is something 
Anything else entirely, that, okay, that's a, that gets an entirely different veto. It's a sex thing. Oh. It's a porn thing. Oh. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, auto veto. <laughs> I, I read the first line, and it was like, here's the Japanese, literally. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, Christ. Okay. So. All right. So, uh, put that in the, uh. War, in the warnings, uh, mention of that. I didn't expect to learn something today, and I hate what I learned. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> so now I've got detachable lower half. Okay. I mean, that sounds like it could end up being a sex thing, but let's just go with, it's a, uh, ooh, ooh, robot. Or, or whatever. Or there be, it could be or, anything. It could be anything. I mean, you're, 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 you're saying robot. You're saying a fall kind of thing, so yeah, you know, I mutant, was. Mutant, so mutant with it's like, like, yeah, my legs are are over there. I'm saying here, here to finish my drink. Wait, people can survive bifurcation in real life. Uh, apparently. I'm I mean, sure it's not fun, and is possibly incredibly, uh, you know. I know there isn't a real life example in the folders. <laughs> I think this page is li- a lie on the internet. On TV tropes. Weird. What? Or, Pip, you could just put it in. You could, you could have that as a climax. <laughs> uh, let's see. Well, see, here's my problem. Yeah? No. I don't want to do that. Um, I'm going to put it. In the call to action. I mean, it doesn't have to be a person with a detachable lower half either. It could be like a talisman or object. We could we can play with this. I mean, the trope makes it clear. So someone gets cut the fucking half. I mean, yeah, traditionally someone beloved of the protagonist. Uh. Hmm. Though the person in the trope tends to survive. Well, yeah. Well, this this is a call to action. So, a person you care about or a dragon you care about, whatever, gets chopped in half by this wooden sword wielding psycho. Yeah, it's gonna call me to some action. Or someone the antagonist loves, and that's the inciting mm. incident. Mm. Like you cut me in fucking half. How? It was just a wooden sword. How are you still alive? That's the even weirder part. <laughs> You're still alive because I don't kill people. <laughs> Guns kill people. That doesn't make sense. Uh, why can I can, I can still feel my legs. They're walking around <laughs> over there. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just thinking about uh, Austin Powers. Mm. <laughs> oh no! I just stepped into some in something squishy. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, so, uh... all right. Well, I got a weird one. I don't know if I want to play with it or not. Huh? Tell us what it is. Uh, hearing voices. It, it, I, is it specifically about how uh, uh, hearing you know whispers in the dark, 
could be uh, Simon Sanity, could be evil whispers, could be good whispers from like uh, divine sources, anything that's just a whisper in the mind. Or like, Link, Link, yeah. open your eyes. Wake the fuck up. <laughs> so. I like my interpretation better. Um, so you could have that. Yeah. I mean, I could move detachable lower house half to complications, and the hearing voices could be the call to action. Oh, and that's the thing. I was thinking that the voices could be like a complication that arises as like you're trying to do this main problem you're solving with this detachable lower half stuff, and now you're being guided on like this grand quest or something like that. <laughs> or it's trying to take you. Uh, lead you off of the quest. Lead you astray. Yeah. It's gonna try to pull a system shock. Different voices telling you different things. Who do you trust? Uh, cause here's a, here's a fun thought. Like, it's presumed to be like a good divine voice or something like that. And it turns out it's also just like, yeah, we're just gonna burninate all the protect or all the antagonists' forces, all the humans. Because humans are dicks. What if the dragons used to hear the voices of the gods? Mm. Ah. But that stopped so long ago that it's thought to have just been a myth. Uh, but the voices start again. Uh, in our, for our protagonist. Due uh, to, but they, yeah. Uh, but they're false voices until eventually the real gods pipe up and go like, Hey, those voices that told you to burn... <laughs> those are the those bad voices because here's the here, here's an idea with backstory for the world because we're in a crap sack world what if like cthulhu-esque uh alien beyond whatever uh quasi deities whatever crash landed on this planet ages ago and spoke, yeah 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 kind of spoke in the same uh language as the divine forces that the dragons could hear and that led to uh some nasty conflicts and wars and lots of burnination because the dragons it all sounds like the same voice of the divine but it turns out it was actually being co-opted by like this alien force or something i do like that and that's how it got to be a crap sack world i'm just saying we have our antagonist here who is like driven by a mission not necessarily wrong because I, I like v uh, villains that like you kind of understand where they're coming from. And as far as he's concerned with the history of, uh, of, of the world as it is like dragons went crazy, killed humans. There's been kind of a stability, not necessarily a peace since then. And now he's tapped into some sort of ancient force or something like that. Maybe Cthulhu force, who knows? Uh, mm. and, is on a mission to make sure that the dragons don't burninate the world again. Because he he heard that they might. He can see the fire in their eyes. He's and had dreams. He's had dreams. Yeah, this thing, the humans, they don't hear the voices of the divine. They get dreams instead. Yeah. If you reveal. So I'm, I'm picturing if, we, if the tropes allow it, I think an ally has to be like a human ally. <laughs> if the tropes Hello. Side note, just because I mentioned Genova, I want to state for the record, I think the entirety of Final Fantasy VII could have been avoided if someone had just 
given Sephiroth a sandwich and made him take a nap uh, all the way back uh, in Niflheim. I mean, you're not wrong. I'm never wrong. Also, give Sephiroth a hug. The boy needs one. He does. The boy needs one. The boy. The boy. The boy. Well, uh, speaking of the boy, Al. Yep. You're up next for a troop. All right. Uh, roll a number. Okay. I've got, uh, tombs. As in, you know, tombs. Yeah, a location. You know. Traditionally. But I've got an idea. I, I know where. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. 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 So you're thinking. Uh, Listening audience, just to make it clear, we've got a Google Doc open. (laughs) And Alex just put the word tombs in the climax. Oh, yeah. The final battle is going to take place in uh, either the tombs of an ancient temple, the tombs of of an ancient capital, the tombs of an ancient tomb. Where the aliens crashed. Yep. Ancient spaceship. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> RTFM. What? Haha. <laughs> yeah. But I'm actually going to go for the, the, uh, for the ruined city. Cause uh, the, oh, it's always get hey, for, uh, great set pieces. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's uh, like a big, wrong. a big race between our dragon protagonist and the antagonist with a wooden sword running through the streets or something like that. Yeah. It can be fun. Yeah, and it also gives us a place to go to. It's true. It's where the voices are leading them to. The voices were the city, the people were there. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is... <laughs> Which, now that I'm thinking of it, uh, might slightly resemble uh, the ending of the ca- second campaign of Critical Role, but in my defense, he stole all that from Final Fantasy, so whatever. <laughs> you mean, yeah, Xanarkand. Oh. <laughs> This is my story. <laughs> Damn it, Molly! And then proceeds he's to tell, <laughs> and then and then and then he proceeds to tell Yuna's story. <laughs> <laughs> oh Christ, does he? I mean, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Oh, I should play ten. You should. It's actually a good game. Yeah, like it gets cra- on my it, switch. It gets crap for its uh for its uh voice acting, but you know it, it was like. 2000, and no, no video games had good voice acting. It was also the first, like, voice-acted Final Fantasy game. Yeah, they yeah. were learning. Yeah. They were learning. Ah. Lady Yuna. <laughs> Lady Yuna. Lady Yuna. I'm not <laughs> creepy at all. Like, I look forward to Kat listening to this and going, like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Just ah. the show notes are going to read, Lady Yuna? Question mark. <laughs> Still found Fizzy Ten Cat. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Pippin. Oh gosh. You're up, and there's only two slots left. Oh man, y'all. <laughs> oh, this is when it starts getting kind of scary. <laughs> oh, what's that? Uh, I I haven't clicked it yet. Uh, because I may or may not have been taking a drink. Uh, uh when Brendan said it was my turn. Um. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. No weird sex stuff. No weird sex stuff. Well, the weird sex stuff always gets a a veto, so we're safe. Veto, but I have to see it with my own eyes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> huh. What'd you get? Something com- coincidentally e- e- convenient for us? No. 
<laughs> I mean, depending on how we spin it. Uh, rage against the author. So it's a fourth wall breaking trope, typically, uh, where basically a fictional character uh, beats up the creator. Okay, resolution. And fuck you. Fuck you, gods, for, uh, for, for toying with our fates. Yeah. Uh-huh. You've been leaning us this entire time, if you want to. I think that could work. What do you think, Pep? Yeah. This a setup for a sequel where it's like, wait, the enemy isn't each other. It's fucking them. Oh, yeah. wait, does this mean that wooden katana guy gets to become an anti-hero in the next story? I do love anti-heroes. Because he was a, just misguided. Oh, that... And a good old-fashioned redemption arc. Hell yeah. Well, guys, guys. Was he wearing... Hang on, Matt. Ask the entire... Her, her time we... And we've seen him and the... And it get, it's, uh... Broken and, and like, his... And it's like his eyes... Eyes were opened. Oh. Ooh. Metaphor. I thought it was gonna be and he was Zuko all along. <laughs> I'm think. Uh, no, I'm thinking of, uh... I'm thinking of, like, like Vex Marquis from, uh, Gundam Wing. Cat, that was two different <laughs> references. Ah, uh, so many anime references tonight. Yes! <laughs> oh, she's gonna just put a weirdly random misspelled word that we said. I'm gonna have to read it and go like, what? The, what? Oh, I, <laughs> I just said next marquee. He's out loud. <laughs> she is not going to know what it's going, how to spell that. And it's, it's gonna be great. Gundam Wing Cat. <laughs> he's one of the hot ones there. Mm. Uh, let the record show that Brendan was one when mm, after that. <laughs> Zex, Zex has got it on. Come on. <laughs> I mean, it said the name. Uh, yeah, that's true. He's very sexy. Uh, he, he you know, Pip, Pip. He pilots a giant ro- uh, robot, and you know that in private he calls it the Zex machine. <laughs> oh, uh. someone else is the first one to call it that, and he goes like, "Yes." I should watch Gundam Wang. Yeah. Also, it was annoying. <laughs> it was annoying. Yeah. 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 Uh, f- future episode. Yeah. When uh, when cat's away, we should get on top of watching it then. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it has a really good opening theme. Anyway, none of this is the point. <laughs> the point is that we can have a moment of raging against the author slash deities that we've established in the UC universe, and I think we're setting us up for. A redeemed villain at the end, which I'm on board for. Yeah. I I do like a good redemption story because forgiveness in the real world is hard. Yep. Uh but forgiveness in fiction, who nice. Oh, it's yeah. spicy. Like, I don't agree with the, his character, but he's hot and, and he he look and he look and he's looking, looking sad at, at a fire. <laughs> Because you know he's going to be he looking at, at a, fa- a fire at some point and then reflecting on, on his actions. I mean, dragons are around. Of course there's fire. Yeah. And you know that part of the tragic backstory of the villain involves, like, someone he cares for being burned. Or well, Yeah, but he doesn't know the whole context of it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it looks like one thing, but actually it was another. Well, he comes from an entire family of dragon slayers. Hmm. Hmm. Like, he missed the part where it's like, hey, check this out. Uh, I've got uh, some fire and clothes and I'm going to do ooh, the it's a on fire scene. Woo! You're like, <laughs> <laughs> looks up. Oh, oh, I'm on fire! I'm 
on fire. Okay, put, and then, but he looks away when he goes. Okay, put me out. Did we get the shot? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, the whole dragon versus human war war thing uh, was orchestrated by the god slash aliens slash uh, slash us. Dun dun dun. Uh, and so, uh. Book two uh, is then, Rage Against the Gods. Hmm. Yeah, and may, may, they may or may not have, you know, then disappeared on their own. Who knows? Hmm. That's a book two problem. Book two or book three, they invent space travel and take the fight to the alien deities. <laughs> there's still a good one around, though, because there's a good voice that, uh, leads them. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the voice of the planet. Hey, live stream. <laughs> Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> if we can make something Final Fantasy, we will make something Final Fantasy. <laughs> it is our goal in life. All right, all right. I have one more when slot to fill. Away. Yes, I have one more <laughs> slot. We need an ally, Bren. <laughs> and if you mess it up, I'll uh, I'll be able to re- recover for you. <laughs> so I clicked the button. Yep. Push the button, Frank. And I got Grand Theft Me, which I don't know how we play with that. <sighs> Uh, the, huh. uh, uh, it's a, it's basically a, um, when one character forcibly and deliberately hijacks another's body or swaps bodies with another against their will. That's it's possession. The best, the best, you know, compar- comparable thing I, I'm thinking of is, uh, is, uh, Prince of Persia, uh, uh Two Thrones, which is the fur, which is the fur of the Prince of Persia trilogy. Nobody counts I mean, Warrior Within, Alex. Nobody. <laughs> uh, I'm almost wondering if I should veto it, just because that seems more like an action rather than a character trope. Well, I feel like I could, I, I could make it work, but it gets into weird consent things. Yeah. yeah, and I think it would distract from the story. And I haven't burned a veto yet. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. I think I think I'll burn a veto just because. We're not focusing on this kind of story. We're we're all about rage against the space machine. gods, the machine. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm all about that base. About that base. No trouble. This is another weird one. What is with TV tropes tonight? I don't know. What you got? Cumulo nemesis. <laughs> I though to be fair, it's a great. It's a great word. word. It's is basically. It- uh, like an enemy in a video game that's an angry cloud that like will shoot lightning at you or whatever. All hail the glow cloud. Yeah. Like, so, old man winter. <laughs> I don't mind him. It seems... No, that's old man trouble. Oh yeah. Old man winter. No wait. It could be like a familiar of the of our protagonist is like a little it... like wind elemental. Oh. The good voice uh-huh. doesn't have a corporeal form. I am the wind. Hmm. So uh, when they do see it. It's a thundercloud. Uh-huh. Yeah, so they're not sure if it's the good or the bad, because it's a thunder. It's scary. But it comes as a voice to the dragons, but that same cloud appears to the antagonist in his dreams. Ooh. Because we established that they, the humans can hear uh the voices yeah the voices but not while they're waking only in their dreams yeah it's it's like a subconscious thing and dragons being more magical are just in tune with their subconscious yes (laughs) i fixed it 
There we go. Yeah. It sort of cuts out the nemesis part, but that's where the worry of, are they on our side? Are they not? Yeah. Whose side are they on, really? these aren't the only allies of the protagonist, to be clear. And also... We can... Yeah. And they're the nemesis of of a wooden katana. True. Maybe of the other gods. Or maybe they're playing a game of their own, and we learned about that in book two. Ooh. I feel like that's a book three. three. Yeah. (laughs) No gods, no kings. Only dragons and humans. (laughs) All hail the glow cloud. Like, would you kindly save this world? Oh. Uh. Uh, Say that reference out loud, because Kat's not going to know it, and I'm not going to know of her guess. It's Bioshock. Thank you. <laughs> reference, reference, joke, reference. We're, we're we're throwing them out left and right tonight. It's it's an all you can reference buffet. Wait, is this is this wheel of tropes full of tropes? Right. What? Weird. Weird. Okay, okay. So let's review the story so far. We have a crap sack like post apocalyptic world. That's mm-hmm. our setting. Yep. Yep. Uh, dragons for the protagonist. Yep. Mm-hmm. A cumulo nemesis ally. Yeah. Uh, our antagonist is someone who believes that wooden katanas are even better. They are. Uh, they call to action or inciting incident. Detachable lower half, which we haven't really speculated on too much yet, but we'll get to it. I think someone just dies. Yeah. <laughs> or is, or is, uh, Gravely. very severely injured and it turns out at the end they survived because you can survive bifurcation or so said that tv trope i mean we have dragons or dragon people or whatever magic's a possibility in this world we want to avoid and we want to avoid fridging (laughs) that's true um so detachable lower half is the call to action uh hearing voices the complication which we've uh established as uh the the gods that used to talk to the dragons but then got co-opted by uh evil aliens slash cthulhu however you want to figure that out uh and that led to it was aliens but it was aliens it's always aliens (laughs) come on uh but that led to great magical wars that led to the end of the world as we know it and then everything changed when the fire nation attacked yeah and then uh, we have our climax in the tombs of an ancient city. And our resolution is rage against the author, in which I guess we we uh, we, we don't like these these space deities, y'all. Don't, don't trust space God. No, <laughs> never trust space God. <laughs> not a good plan. No space God. Not even once. So, yeah, uh. Let, let, let's uh, speculate on the story as a whole, I guess, now that we have us all together. So we have our main character, the dragon, right? Hmm. Yeah. I'm imagining that humans and dragons mostly have a uh, standoffish peace after a fashion. And I, I'm saying, like, I'm also thinking that dragons are kind of like almost like like the dragonborn in D&D, you know? Where mm. they have like a different physical feature, but like not like your standard gigantic Western dragon kind of deal. Or some just because, or some of them can be, yeah. yeah. Like as you get they older, used to be. they used to be, yes. Mm. 
because here's the thing, like trying to write action, like a main character that's a dragon and all that. I mean, you can do it, but I, I, I feel like it's easier having frame of reference as person sized, I guess. Does that make sense? It does, though. Uh, my formative uh, bit of dragon literature, it was dealing with dragons, which was just straight up dragons. Yeah, true. Well, because I'm just trying to also avoid the situation of man with a wooden sword versus dragon, dragon breathe fire, end of story. <laughs> We're done in page five. Um, he dodges. Yeah, yeah. Brian. Well, he he's, always does, but that's he's like, that good. Like, we, here's the thing we could have our main character like be able to like work up to breathing fire or something like that uh as the story progresses because like i I just want to have like some sort of progression for our main character and also i want to be able to sell the movie rights eventually so come on (laughs) uh the dragons used to be big and that's when they heard the voices oh Mm. and now they are like people-sized yeah i like that and again it do that's mostly myth that oh yeah we used to be big <laughs> like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> sure uh, grandpa sure but that you know what that means that means that mm. at the uh uh you know at the end uh they're going to be able to uh do a full-on <laughs> big dragon transformation they find the bones of a giant dragon in the tombs oh ooh, that too the old stories were real I feel like there's got to be like some sort of encounter in the tombs then that like through the power of believing in themselves or whatever, e- even the, uh, the, the wooden katana badass gets like knocked the fuck out by, uh, by a deity alien, whatever. And so I do believe in dragons. I do. I do. That's the thing. Then we could have like a team up moment or something like they still hate each other, but you know we have like katana wielding badass riding on the back of a dragon. Hey, enemy of my enemy! <laughs> and the dragon, yeah. all, and the dragon can be like, I can fly. Yes. Just, just think of a happy thought, any happy little thought. Uh, and Al, I, I saw you, Al. Yeah, Eureka Seven reference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I went Peter Pan. <laughs> Oh, cat! <laughs> I'm just again. I I love the thought of enemies suddenly become friends in the face of a greater enemy, and they walk away not as friends, but as like okay, respect. <laughs> well, also that thing of uh, spies who've been uh, out in the field so long, uh, that when they realize that they have more in common with their uh, supposed enemy who's right there than their bosses back home in the city. Yep. Mm. So actually, speaking of bosses back home in the city, I'm imagining that our wooden katana badass guy, what if he's like an assassin and is just like trying to take out high profile uh, dragon targets for the human clans or whatever? I mean, I said earlier that he doesn't kill. Mm. Uh. And and this seems more like he's on a personal mission. Hmm. Because he had the dreams. Okay, like, so he has the dreams and all that, but like for the first, like for at least the first half of the thing, it's it seems it's going to seem like he's the one calling the shots. Yeah, well, I'm just wondering what, what what's this wooden katana badass doing that also involves detachable lower halves. I mean, 
There's always eco-terrorism. Well, what, what's, he, what's his goal? Well, the climax is at the tombs. So he's trying to find the tombs, and the clues are with the dragons, who he conveniently hates. So He's trying to change the current world order. Yes. So he's trying to acquire power to basically lift up the humans and their society, right? Yes. In, so yeah. the inciting incident, then, is basically a robbery gone pretty darn wrong. But he still gets what he was after, but can also feel pretty conflicted about it later, right? He, I feel like his actions or his goals are not necessarily wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Again, uh, that's why he's a sympathetic villain that gets to get a redemption uh, during the climax, even technically. Again, see, see, ride on the back of your dragon enemy to go and kill God. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It's sort of how like Killmonger wasn't wrong. Yeah. And he's going to be, yeah. there are going to be like, like moments like, he's like, do you understand? I take no pleasure in this. As he is about to like, completely he annihilate you. Yeah, like that. Yeah. He's like a less bloodthirsty killmonger. <laughs> They're both trying to get to the city because the city has the answers to whatever their questions are. And it's just when they get there, they realize that, oh, fuck, we were both wrong. Yep. Because I think... What leads our protagonist on the adventure? I'm almost picturing, like, I love the idea of, like, a dragon who happens to be, like, a museum docent equivalent, uh, <laughs> uh, but is realizing the significance of whatever magical MacGuffin got stolen in the robbery gone wrong that resulted mm. in somebody being bifurcated. <laughs> oh, jeez. Happens more often than you think. Oh, like, what if. What if there was like some sort of uh, magical trap or something like that in the reliquary museum, whatever, that has <sighs> the magical MacGuffin that our antagonist needed? And it set off during the robbery gone wrong, but it like befell one of the dragons instead, like our protagonist's parent or something who also works in the museum because, again dragon nerds yeah what if the trap was set up uh for a different kind of species where they would have been fine (laughs) (laughs) but due to the stature of dragons or humans or whoever befell this trap i've lost track it fell in the wrong place and thus bifurcation (laughs) and the only way to undo it is that the MacGuffin that was stolen is, while well, also being like a key to through the tombs, also happens to undo bifurcation. Oh, wait, what if, again, we're doing with magic here, and this could allow for some shenanigans, magical shenanigans later in the story, as we can establish as a thing that can happen. What if it was like, like a dimensional door or something like that, that gets slammed shut. So like half of the person's body is in another dimension and the half isn't or something like that. So yeah, they're still alive, but they literally can't leave the spot they're at. Otherwise bad stuff happens, namely full on bifurcation that you probably can't survive. Yeah. Mm. Side note, bifurcation is a fun word to say. Oh yeah, it is. 
And in that regard, I have no regrets. So, like, that kicks off the uh, protagonist to go off and retrieve the MacGuffin because, you know, they have the person they care about back home that, you know, will surely die eventually. People at home are taking care of them. Uh, that also ties up resources of the dragon clan so that only the, the young, <laughs> only the young warrior is able to go and retrieve the, uh, MacGuffin. The young warrior is the one who goes because the young warrior is the one who still believes the old stories. Mm. Who wants to believe the old stories. Like, nobody in the clan seriously believes it, but it's a cautionary tale. Calm down. Yeah. But he really wants to, and then, you know, there's this storm cloud that, you know, follows him around. And is that concerning? Maybe, maybe not. The world's kind of crap sack. Yeah. Yeah. And they have to have a serious discussion about uh, their security protocols afterwards. Because <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing, like, maybe they're like a wandering tribe. So, like, this weird dimensional door security measure is, like, the best they could manage. Yet, because our wooden katana guy is so freaking talented and fast he just gave it the slip and then like the the i guess uh parent or whatever because i don't know <laughs> parents are an easy uh trope here uh tried grabbing him and then got shut in the door instead i like it many possible and of yes. course we have the well-established hearing voices of the gods and the the big fight in the tombs i'm just ah. Uh, Right. I'm picturing like what happens when the equivalent of an alien like Godzilla is attacking in this uh ancient tomb and that's when the hero and our antagonist kinda have to look at each other, look at Godzilla, look at each other, and begrudgingly like shake hands. <laughs> uh because you know yeah. at the halfway point there's a fight between our protagonist and the antagonist in which our protagonist loses badly. There oh, yeah. was a fire fight. He'll lose twice. I have no regrets. They'll lose twice and the and on the final fight win. Yep. Hmm. Hey, that's a trip too, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> Alright. Well, we've been talking for an hour. Weird how that happens. Yeah. We can make stories without cat. Yeah. Good uh, job, us. And as with Tradition with uh, these games. Also, sorry, I'm just going to be forcing this along. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the tradition with these games is to uh, give it a name, and by uh, playing, uh, and you know, by playing uh, the uh, Twelfth Night or As You Like It game. And that's the title game. Yep. All right. <sighs> Want to take a shot? Uh, up it. Something to do with Radiant. Mm. Rage and Radiance. Radiance and Rage. Rage and Whispers. Uh, Doorway of the Dragons. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Doorway of the Dragons. Rage and Whispers. You got knocked the fuck out. Mama said knock you out. <laughs> Zex Machine. Mm-hmm, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, Russia's greatest sex machine. Um, yep. <laughs> I don't know where my legs are, and I just stepped in something squishy. <laughs> hmm. Uh, uh, hmm. Tomb of the Angel. Race to Radiance. 
Tomb of the Ancient Dragons. I feel like that's a thing, actually. Probably. Um, Tomb of Whispers. Probably also a thing. I know. I, I really like Race to Radiance. Well, because we mentioned radiance being the same as radiation earlier. We did. In this post-apocalyptic world, they learned that nukes were the aliens all along. Ah! (laughs) How very 60s sci-fi of us. Ha-ha. Or was it 70s sci-fi? Radiant wings. Radiant wings isn't bad. Sounds like it's actually the video game. Kind of sounds like a JRPG. Here's the thing, we've we've leaned very JRPG in this. It's true. In the arms of a dragon? Oh, uh, it's a... Radiant Wings is a, uh... It's an attack in, in Final Fantasy. Is it? Uh, of course. Recurring ability in the series. It is a trademark ability of Cecil Harvey while he's a paladin. Ha. Huh. It's a recurring one and I haven't heard of it? Damn. It's probably why we thought it was a... Uh, JRPG sounding thing. Anyway, um, uh, and see, this is where we really miss Cat and her decisiveness. I don't. Know, I think. What was your one pip? Uh, my last one was Race to Radiance. I think that probably conveys enough for a working title, honestly, because then that really establishes the relationship between our protagonist and the antagonist. Hmm. Uh, and then the sequel could be Rise of Radiance. Uh, and then... Court of Shadows. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Court of Shadows would be the second book. Rise to Radiance would be the third. Uh, just spitting that out there. <laughs> because, of course, in the sequel you learn there were multiple alien forces. Yeah. Yes. And because I'm I'm like this, this uh, now that we've decided on title, this sounds awfully like a... Uh, 90s anime or an 80 a 1980s uh you know fancy a novel so which year exactly do you you guys think it would be because i'm thinking anime 1995 there's the thing i think it's a 90s or 2000 final fantasy Ooh, yeah i'm leaning more towards jrpg myself as well al Fair enough, fair enough. I mean, I, I can definitely understand uh, almost like a fantasy meets Fists of the North Star kind of kind of thing there. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I think I think I think we're basically writing a a JRPG book, <laughs> a celebration. Yeah. Though, and other lies we tell ourselves. Though, yes. Though, cat, you'll have, it'll be up to you to. Who tells what? Nineteen uh, eighty. What year in the nineteen eighty? Is this this as a book would have come out as? Huh. All right. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, I think it's all, Pip. Okay. Nothing else. Anybody else wants to say? Uh, I don't really have uh, anything online to plug yet. Um, I'll see if I have any uh, online shows coming up, uh, or at least. Uh, uh, videos of performances after the fact, maybe. Uh, so keep, keep up on that. Maybe something will come up. Maybe something won't. I don't know. Uh, Kat's got some short stories out. Go read them. And she's, uh, uh di- and she did a reading of one of her, her short stories, uh, for 
someone. Eh. And they're flash fiction, I believe. Yeah, that. And it's available online, so you should go give it a listen. She was very proud of it. Oh yeah. Uh and I haven't watched it because it looks scary. <sighs> Alright. So if that's all we got, as always, if you have an idea or prompt to submit, head on over to nostoriesacred.com slash submission. Follow us on Twitter at NoStoriesSacred or send an email through contact at NoStoriesSacred.com. Your hosts have been Alex McDonald, Brendan McDonald, Pippin McDonald, and on occasion, Catherine Crichton. <laughs> Editing for this episode done by Brendan. Transcript done by Ashley DaCosta. Art by Jay Wolf. Show notes and transcript are available at NoStoriesSacred.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. And please rate, review, and subscribe to No Story is Sacred. You can also visit our Patreon page to support the show and get neat rewards at patreon.com slash no story is sacred. See you next time when we talk about the 1986 movie Labyrinth. Maybe. Until then. <laughs> until then, we're no story is sacred and any story can be changed. I'm Pippin. I'm Alex. And I'm Brendan. And we're No, no Story is Sacred. sacred. <laughs>